0: Good morning and welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am Pastor David Pinkerton, your radio pastor, and I'm glad that you're tuned in today here on the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast on WXAN Radio. My goodness, here we are, January the 28th, in the year of our Lord Jesus, 2023. Wow, it's an exciting time to be a Christian, saved, sealed, serving God and uh, trying to win souls to Christ, exalt Jesus, to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to a hurting world, to minister them in food, to minister them in drink, all in the name of Jesus Christ. And folks, I want to encourage you. I am the interim pastor at Jay City Church in Johnston City, Illinois. That's the Johnston City Free Will Baptist Church on Monroe Street in Johnston City, Illinois. If you don't have a church home, we'd like to invite you to come and visit us. Our Sunday school is at 9.30. Our church begins at 10.30. We go on live stream at 10.30 at jcitychurch.com. Pull us up at 10.30. Watch till 11.30. We go off at that time. We meet at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights as well. And then I want to advertise that we do give away free hot meals every Saturday night. At the church, at the church parking lot, pull up in your vehicle. Starting promptly at 5:30, the window closes at six. From 5:30 to six, you can get a free hot meal—one or five or as many as you need. Our ladies are state-certified cooks. They cook a nutritious meal, and we serve Jesus Christ by serving the needs of our community. Uh, there's a there's a motto for J City Church, and that very simply is. Christ and community first. We're trying to win the lost, disciple the saved, revive the saved, and build the church for Jesus Christ. We would like you to come and partner alongside of us if you would, and come and be with us at the J City Church Sunday mornings, 9.30, 10.30, Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, Saturday nights at 5.30 to 6 for the free meal. Now, as a pastor, I realize that it's important to feed the people the Word of God. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Bear with me. I'm dealing with a little bit of sinus and some of that mess that's going on in our weather right now. So I may be a little nasally. Bear with me. I'm drinking a little bit of medicated tea here for my throat. But I want to, do a, I want to teach a little bit of a series now, okay? The series I'm going to begin today is called Bread for Believers. These are foundations for growth and they're what every Christian needs to know. Bread for believers, the foundations for growth for what every Christian needs to know if we're going to grow in Christ's likeness this year. and that's what God's aim is, according to Romans 8:29 that we're conformed into the image of his Son Jesus Christ. Christian, are you growing in your faith in Jesus? or are you stunted? Open your Bibles today. Let's begin with message or lesson number one of Bread for Believers, and we're going to answer the question that many people are confused about in today's society. I want to give a shout out to my friend Carol Stone for listening from Southern Illinois Healthcare. She's a a wonderful person. Thank you so much for listening. Carol Stone, God bless you and encouraging me when we ran into each other the other day. Thank you. But I want to feed the believer spiritually today. And uh, let's get some bread for us to grow by spiritually, okay? So there's a lot of confusion in today's religious and in society, but also in today's world, about what is a believer in Jesus? Well, let's answer that question biblically. I stand upon the Bible. I only have the Bible to teach and preach. That's all I have. And I want to exhort the brethren and encourage you and so much the more as we see the day approaching. So let's begin with message number one of our series on Bread for Believers. What is a believer? Well, in John chapter 3 and verse 36, the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. What's the determining factor in salvation? Exactly what does a person have to do to be saved? If you ask a lot of people that, you'll get a variety of answers. And the Bible doesn't leave us in the dark. The Bible says all Scripture, that's the Holy Bible, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Well, the Bible doesn't leave us in the dark when we ask the question, what's the determining factor in salvation? And the answer is the word of God. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 30, the Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the jailer was asking, what one thing is absolutely necessary for my salvation? And the Bible answer was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. In John chapter 3 and verse 36, our text verse, Jesus divides the world into two groups. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him. Here are those who believe on the Son and those who believe not on the Son. Those who believe have everlasting life according to the promise of God, and those who believe not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on them. In John chapter 3 and verse 18, Jesus again divides the world into two groups. He that believeth on him is not condemned, or in other words, not under a sentence, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Here again, Jesus said there are two groups, those who believe and those who believe not. Those who believe have the sentence lifted, and and they are not condemned, but those who believe not are under the sentence of sin, which is the second death because they have not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26, the Bible says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. This passage tells that every child of God is a child of God by faith. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, folks, time doesn't allow me to share with you all the verses that say that believing or faith is the determining factor in salvation but there are at least listen close 153 verses in the king james bible that make believing the determining factor in salvation mark 16:16 16, 16 says he that believeth not shall be damned so if the bible is true Faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is the determining factor in salvation. Now, I've heard or read a number of sermons on saving faith, but the Bible never says saving before faith. Jesus, not faith, is the Savior. Faith is an attitude of the soul through which Jesus saves. The Bible never tells us to believe and be saved. It is always careful to say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Or whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Or he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You see, it's the object of faith that makes faith important. Faith in the wrong thing could result in a person's damnation. Now, since faith is the determining factor in salvation, It is important to know what faith is. As far as I know, there's only one definition of faith recorded in the Bible, and that's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. But there are many illustrations of faith in the Bible. The best one is in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, where we find the expression, looking unto Jesus. So as we consider in our series here, we're just getting started, Bread for Believers, the first message we're at, the first question we're asking is what is a believer? So we've seen that a believer is someone who puts faith in Jesus as their personal savior. So consider this. Faith is not looking at Jesus but looking unto Jesus. Almost everyone will admit that Jesus Christ existed, that he was a real person. Every time we date a check, We admit the existence of Jesus. Faith is not looking at Jesus as a historical personage. In James chapter 2 and verse 19, the Bible says the devils also believe and tremble. When the demons admit the existence of Christ, in Acts 19 and verse 15, the evil spirit in the man said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? No, faith is not looking at Jesus it is looking unto Jesus, which is another way of saying, depending on Jesus. Suppose some, someone co-signed for you to borrow money. If you fail to pay, the authorities could put you in jail. And suppose the money came due and you had nothing with which to pay. But your co-signer said, hey, I've, I've I got your problem. It's not a problem. I'm going to sign for you. And the money you can't pay? I'm going to pay for you. And your friend is just basically saying when they lift that burden from you, Hey, don't worry about it. Just look unto me. I'll pay the debt for you. You see, Jesus Christ says that we owe a sin debt. The Bible teaches that Romans chapter three and verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The wages of sin is death. That is a sin debt that we owe God. And Jesus says if we pay what we must owe, then when we die, we must go into hell and stay there forever. But then he adds, in effect, don't worry about it. Just look to me. Isaiah 53 and verse 6 justifies that. The Lord hath laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity of us all. 2,000 years ago, God took every sin you've ever committed or will commit, and God Almighty laid those sins on Jesus Christ. While Jesus was bearing your sins in his own body, God punished him in your place to pay the debt that you owe as a sinner. Jesus uttered seven things when he hung on the cross. The sixth utterance was, It is finished. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it it's complete. His death made full payment for our sins. And now he says to each of us, look to me. Believe that I did die on the cross for you. Believe that I did pay your sin debt. Look to me. And all is well. You see, faith is not looking at Jesus. It's looking unto Jesus. Depending on Jesus, relying on Jesus, putting the matter of your salvation in Jesus' hands and trusting Jesus to get you to heaven. Secondly, consider this as we consider what is a believer. Faith in Jesus is looking away from everything else and looking only to Jesus. Martin Luther translated Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Off looking unto Jesus, which means looking away from everything else and looking only to Jesus Christ. It means looking away from your works. How long do you think one would have to work to earn heaven? Read the description of heaven in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. Why the Bible says heaven's streets are pure gold. It's pure like a transparent glass, friends. Earth is no way of refining gold that pure. If you worked 10 million lifetimes, you couldn't begin to earn heaven. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And consider this, if a person worked to stay out of hell, the very motive would render the work ineffective he or she would be working from the fear rather from the motive of fear and according to first corinthians chapter 13 all work must be motivated by love paul said in verse 3 and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though i give my body to be burned and have not charity or love it profiteth me nothing So if a person worked to stay out of hell, the motive would render the work ineffective. A boy once asked an old preacher, Sir, what can I do to be saved? The preacher replied, Son, you're too late. What? exclaimed the boy. Too late to be saved? No, said the preacher. Too late to do anything. You see, son, Jesus did it all some 2,000 years ago. Now, folks, I, I as a Christian, as a student of the Bible, as a preacher, as a pastor, as an evangelist, I believe in good works, but not as an instrument to be saved. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved, because we have trusted Christ as Savior and been saved. The song said, I work not my soul to save. For that my Lord hath done. But I would work like any slave for love of his dear son. End of quote. Off looking unto Jesus means I look away from my righteousness and only Jesus. You see, I'm living, if I'm for, as a preacher, again, I'm for living right and godly, of course. We ought to live as clean and as moral and as pure as possible. But It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, All our righteousness is as filthy rags. Now the Bible doesn't say the worst we do is like filthy rags, but the best that we do is like filthy rags. There's no way that anyone could ever be righteous enough to earn heaven we would have to be perfect and there are no perfect people beside the sinless lamb of god jesus the evangelist sam jones once asked a congregation does anyone here know a perfect person a lady raised her hand yes i do i know a perfect person mr jones well answered the the lady said i've never met her But my husband talks about her all the time. It was his first wife. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (coughs) Oh, my goodness. The truth is this. No one is perfect, Jesus said. He said, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mark 2 and verse 17. Faith is looking away from our righteousness and looking only to Jesus. We don't get better to get saved We get saved to get better. And we cannot get better until we do get saved. And a stanza from one of my favorite hymns says this, and I quote, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. By Edward Mote, end of quote. Off looking unto Jesus means looking away from our church membership, And looking only to Jesus. Everyone who accepts Jesus Christ as Savior should join a church. But you don't join the church to become a Christian. Being in the church won't make a Christian out of you any more than walking into a garage will make an automobile out of you. I am a church member, and every saved person ought to join a Bible-believing, soul-winning church. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. Then they that gladly received His word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. On the other hand, if one depends on the fact that he belongs to the church to get him or her to heaven, he will go to hell through the church. Matthew 7, verse 22 and 23, Jesus said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. According to the Bible, many people are going to miss heaven, even though they were church members, worked hard, and some even preached or prophesied in Jesus' name. They will miss heaven because instead of totally, fully, completely trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior, They trusted their works to get them to heaven. Off-looking unto Jesus means you'll look away from your baptism and look only to Jesus Christ for salvation. Now every person who accepts Jesus Christ as Savior ought to be baptized. But baptism is not an instrument of salvation. It is an outward expression of an inward experience. It's like putting the wedding band on the finger after we are married. It doesn't marry us, but it shows everyone that we are married. Being baptized doesn't save you, but it is an outward symbol telling others that you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The man who's depending on his baptism to get him to heaven will go to hell through the baptistry. Now, why do I say that? Because our text verse John chapter 3 and verse 36 says, He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Friend, Jesus Christ says if you're not depending on, believing, trusting, relying on him and him alone, you shall not see life, but the wrath of God's going to abide on you. The person who's trusting their church membership or their baptism or their reformation or their catechism, or their clergy, or anything else other than Jesus Christ as Savior, will miss heaven. That's what the Bible teaches. John chapter 3 and verse 18, he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see, there is no promise to those who partly believe on Christ and partly on something else. There are people who believe that They've accepted Christ as Savior, and that's part of the equation, but then they need to be baptized by immersion. That's the other part. So one part plus the other part equals the whole, is what they're saying. And the truth is this, they're not wholly depending on Jesus, they're, wholly, they're partly depending upon a work. And there is no promise in the Bible to anyone who partly believes on Jesus. Acts 16.31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Folks, the promise is to those who are trusting Christ and Him alone, His blood atonement, His sacrificial death, His burial in the tomb and resurrection the third day for their salvation. Are you one of those people that I've been describing in this message? You're partly believing on Jesus? You're prophesying in Jesus' name. You're casting out demons in Jesus' name. You're praying for the sick in Jesus' name. But you've not trusted Jesus. And when he sta- you stand before him, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Because you're partly trusting your preacher or something else rather than wholly trusting Jesus as your Savior. Today, stop. Bow your head in the sincerity of a prayer, recognizing you're a sinner. And you're wrong. And ask Jesus, follow me in this prayer. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins, and that is of partially trusting you. Forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to take me to heaven. Amen. Now, we believe the Bible teaches you got born again when you do that, when you trust Christ by grace through faith in Him and Him alone. Contact me through drdave13 at gmail.com. And I'll get in touch with you and get you some free literature on steps in a new direction that are discipleship uh, materials to get you started as a growing Christian. You see, folks, believing is the determining factor, not being baptized. That's like saying, He that getteth on the jet plane and sitteth down shall fly to Jacksonville, Florida. But he that getteth not on the plane shall not fly to Jacksonville. You see, it's the getting on the plane that gets us there, not the sitting down. But anyone with sense knows that if you get on, you ought to sit down. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you ought to be baptized. But you should not be thinking that baptism saves you. If you do, you're not trusting Jesus Christ, but baptism. Faith is looking away from everything else and only unto Jesus Christ. Quickly, as we're in this new series of messages today we just started called Bread for Believers, and the first sermon we're dealing with right now is What is a Believer? We're realizing a believer is someone who looks to Jesus and him alone for salvation. So let's consider a third point today as we have time. Faith is is not experiencing a feeling, but it's relying on a fact. I've dealt with people who've doubted their salvation because they did not think they had the proper feelings at the time of conversion. Now, there's not a verse in the Bible that tells a person exactly how they're going to feel in order to be saved. As a matter of fact, the Bible never says uh, you have to feel any particular way to be saved. It says in Acts 16, 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Think about this. Folks, not everyone has the same experience when they're converted and saved by faith in Jesus. Some people shout, some cry, some don't cry. Some, some, everybody gets happy. But folks, they have different emotions, and those emotions manifest differently. But the point of it is, the fact is they put their faith in Jesus to be his their savior, and that's the only determining factor, faith in Jesus and Him alone. I've seen people cry when they trust Christ. I've seen them smile. I've seen them laugh. I've seen them shout. I've seen them hug. I've seen them get happy. We celebrate at J City Church when someone gets saved, like last Sunday. We come around and give them the right hand of fellowship. And folks. Pray for us. We want to win as many souls to Christ as we can. Glorify Jesus and preach and teach the Word of God without compromise, hesitation, or equivocation. I'm not looking to gather more people. I'm looking to glorify God and win the lost and disciple the saved. But if you want to come to a church where we don't play mealy-mouth, potato-string, backbone kind of sermons where we preach the Word of God in truth and in love, then you'll want to come to J City Church. A warm welcome awaits you, but we preach and teach the Bible without apology. We do not bow down to the concerns of a woke environment in today's American society. We preach the truth of God in love. We preach the Bible, and we preach every topic that God lays on our heart to teach. We don't add to the Scripture. We just share the Scripture. Preach the Word, Paul told Timothy. So, folks, it's important to understand that the determining factor in salvation is faith, and that is faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. So if you have put your faith in Him and Him alone as your personal Savior, then you're saved. Now get in and serve God. Get in faithfully and go to church. Follow Christ in believers' baptism. Join the church where you're fed. Give your tithe and offering of that church as you move forward for Jesus Christ and grow in his grace and knowledge, because Jesus is coming again. Now, time's escaping us today, folks. We must understand that Jesus loves us. It's a wonderful time to be serving the Lord. And folks, this has been the Good Tidings Radio broadcast, and I am your radio pastor, David Pinkerton. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming again. As we consider bread for believers, let's grow in 2023 in our faith and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. The finally here. Emmanuel. unto you is born this day Savior Christ our Lord so fear not by me Yes sir.